It is episode 57 of Honestly Unbalanced, where we have honest and open conversations with people that have spent their life trying to make yours a little bit better. And this week, we have a guest on, and and to be honest, it's probably one of my favorite episodes of the year. Don't tell the other guests. It's a wicked episode full of laughter and insight. You might know this guy as Action Hero if you follow him on Instagram, but it's Hero Landazore. Let me tell you a little bit about Hero. He began teaching yoga in 2007 while pursuing a dual master's degree in medical pharmacology and cardiopulmonary surgery. Uh, and he ultimately realized he had a great purpose in life. That was to help more people through the power of yoga. He combined functional strengths, flexibility, emotional intelligence, and his massive knowledge of anatomy and science to create his own style of yoga called Body Smart uh, yoga and it's a wonderful style of yoga designed to help students find a deeper awareness of their physical and emotional bodies through self-assessment and injury prevention hero's ultimate mission is to heal re-educate and inspire students to bait break through their self-limiting beliefs a little low down on what we chat about we chat about how he worked free for years trying to build his brand how he quit medical school to start a photography business how he hit three million views on his first post of a particular type how to put purpose behind your post managing burnout and creating more space embracing failure yoga is a way to build growth mindset the limitations of victim mindset getting radically honest with yourself and choosing your inner circle carefully just quickly before the episode begins you could do us a massive favor you can share the podcast you can review the podcast you can give the podcast some stars and now from what i understand spotify actually allows you to rate and give stars to and review etc as well so if you've never rated or reviewed please do on apple uh, or spotify or anywhere else you've put a huge amount of work into making these conversations happen this year, editing them and pushing them out there. So please do share the love if you feel inclined. And as always, just a few little deals for you. Uh, If you want 10% off Lifeform Yoga Mats, code HUSTLER, H-U-S-L-E-R, all caps will get you that. And code THE HUSTLERS, all caps, that will actually get you about 37%. It kind of changes, but it definitely beats any sale off the MyProtein websites that includes nutrition protein supplements and clothing which is pretty much what i wear every day and finally you get 25 percent off our online platform uh pretty much forever uh, with code the hustlers 25 and that includes sound journeys it includes meditations and includes asana and some live classes but i'll let you go now thanks for listening honestly unbalanced so your name, as in your Instagram name, Action Hero, when you yeah. when you came up with that, were you, was it like a moment you were like, oh my God, this is cool? Or was that your like <laughs> nickname as a child? Like, oh, it's Action Hero, like running around, annoying all the other kids. All right, great question. I Honestly, honestly, when I was a child and the World Wide Web came out, my dad was like, you should make this AOL email account. And I was like, okay, but I don't know what my name should be. And he was like, how about superhero? And I'm like, that's so lame. How about action hero? And I was like, no, that's also lame, but whatever. Fuck it. Like action hero. Fine. So when the World Wide Web came out, action hero at AOL.com. And then it just stuck. So yeah. That is a ma- How old are you at this point? <laughs> God, I was... I don't know. How old were we at that point? Like eleven? Yeah. Twelve? I, I was one step away Young. from rele- like releasing there what my one was. Because I had like, you know, when I would create wrestlers on computer games and you create your own wrestler, I had a certain name. Oh, then you have I realized, no, it's my password for a lot of things still. Oh. <laughs> I was almost going to say it, Jeez. but it's still my password. So, no. Hopefully, you know, when I digs into my old wow. MSN, old MSN accounts. Oh, it's hilarious. Okay, so whatever time frame that was, the only computer games I had was like Oregon Trail and Amazon, you know, like the old school, uh, you, you learn typing. So there's this frog that's very Mario-esque and yeah. then you like hit the letters. I'm a bit older. Did you say, <laughs> or- hang on, did you say Oregon Trail? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds did like- Did you ever like, play that? That sounds like no. a horror film or something. Yeah, no. What's this? <laughs> yeah yeah you're like in this little cart and then you go around and then if you go the wrong way you get like typhoid and then you have to start over again 
Mario Kart's about as far as we go these days, yeah. <laughs> Goodness. But your brand, so when your brand has built wonderfully now, hasn't it? So over the years, like you're called Action yeah. Hero, it's kind of a caricature of yourself to a degree. It is a character, yeah. it is a superhero, like you have got like a little yeah. agenda. It means, I guess, to some degree, you can actually have some separation. You can be like, well, it's Action Hero is going to teach a class, but just Hero is now present. Hero is not as nice as Action Hero. You, you can have... Kind of, alter ego. Yeah, some kind of alter ego. Like Beyonce. Yeah, talk about how you built that brand a little bit, because it's, it's done wonderfully. Oh, man. It was totally by accident. It was totally, totally by accident. When I first started my Instagram, um, I was fresh out of med school. I left, and I came back to Los Angeles, and um, I remember trying to go to a yoga class, and I hit up one of my friends and she's pretty well known here. And I was like, I don't recognize anyone, any of these teachers, like, who are these people? And she was like, oh, they're all Instagram people. And I was like, what is Instagram? Like, <laughs> what is that? And she was like, oh, you know, if you want to be a yoga teacher, it's pretty important now. You should probably jump on it. So uh, I, I, I like started going to these classes and and started looking up all these Instagram people and it was always the same. It was like shirtless dudes or <laughs> bikinis and like doing awesome yoga postures. And I was like, you know what? Let me make a page about, I was a bit bigger at this point. I was like, you can look however you want as long as you have the right engagements and the proper tools, you can develop a practice that's pretty impressive for yourself, whatever that looks like. So that's how I started out. And then uh, to be honest, it was pretty exhausting. So I quit after a couple of years and I flipped my account into a photography account because mm. I used to own a photography business about 10 years ago, 10 years ago. And I was like, okay, everyone over here is using their cell phones. I have like actual, actual gear. And I used to shoot fashion shows and like events and things like that, uh, music artists, uh, I don't know if you remember like LMFAO and like Pussycat Dolls. Yes, yes. love Pussycat Dolls. Shot, you shot yes. Pussycat Dolls. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I used to shoot Jealous. them whenever they were in LA and, and shoot these like Nikki Six and Motley Cruz. It was pretty yeah. cool. Young 20s. So I was like, okay, let me bust out this gear and start shooting everyone that I knew. And I was like, this is actually a lot of work. Like, how can I very consciously develop this into um, something that's going to pay well, mm -hmm. something that's going to give me uh, a good source of income? So what I did was I started noticing um, Aloe Yoga was like starting to invest a lot of money into influencer marketing. And LA is the perfect spot for, uh, <laughs> for all these Aloe Yogis. So I went to every single person that, was, that I thought was contracted with Aloe and I shot all of them for free. And I mm. shot, to put in perspective, uh, great context for your show. Um, I shot everyone for free six days a week with a next day turnaround <laughs> for three years, for wow. three years before I saw a paycheck. Whoa. So when, you know, I don't know, it just, if you have a game plan and if you have the right intentionality, then you can really build a business out of anything. You just gotta be able to stomach the grind, right? So after three years, then it was like, I went from making nothing to like six figures. Wow. And like that was just overnight. yogis, like three years of yoga people. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then eventually it turned into competing athleisure brands. It turned into like other fitness people or influencers and uh, travel thing, um, a shot for like tourism authority of Thailand, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that is... Because you could have gone down the route, couldn't you, of working with all of them and charging relatively low amounts of money and getting, right. you know, like £100 a shoot, £200 a shoot. And I bet in three years, it wouldn't have progressed anywhere near as much as it had if you'd gone down that no. route of that short-term short -term financial fix. Well, uh, I've had quite a bit of experience with starting my own business when I was younger. So I, I just knew that, like, if I went into it with that mentality, I would always, always be in my head. I would always be stressed out about hitting my next paycheck mm. and that job just wouldn't feel good. So I was like, you know what, where are the consumer's eyes right now? And in the yoga space, Aloe was making a big push, a big push. So I just went to Aloe and some of their competitors that were 
seeming like they were keeping up. And then I just shot everyone, everyone I could get my hands on for free. I would just cold call, like DM, just be like, hey, I'm a photographer. Here's some of my work. Can I shoot you? Mm. It's on the house, you know? And no expectation of like, it's on the house this time. Mm-hmm. It's just as long as they saw a good, I saw a good engagement. Um, I saw that Aloe was posting, reposting them or whatever, what other clothing brands Then I just went and shot them all. Mm. So next thing you know, anyone who's posting all these amazing yoga postures online, they're my photographs. Mm. Like it doesn't matter whose page you go on, as long as they're from Los Angeles or visited Los Angeles in a period of time, they were all my photographs. And did you find it was brands coming to you or kind of individuals that by that point had high net worth? Yeah, I mean, it was it was more so, it, it was honestly a mix of both. It was a mix of both, but even even with the individuals with a high net worth, they were still trying to nickel and dime, you know? Mm. So eventually I got to a point where I was like, okay, is this the life that I actually want? Like, do I see this for myself? Because this is pretty much what I did prior to me quitting and going to med school. Like, and now I'm going back to it. Do I really want this? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when I actually sat down with um, a friend of mine. She's Doc Jen Fit on Instagram. Uh, she's like a physical therapist. And at the time, she just started doing these anatomy side by side. So like, here's some mobility drills and here's the anatomy. We we're sitting down at dinner and I was like, yo, I don't know if I could do this. Like I'm seriously working around the clock. We're talking like 18 hours a day, seven days a week oh. at this point for like three years straight. Right. And I was like, I, I don't think this is it. Like there's no chance for a girlfriend or mm. fucking kids, wife, like any of it, or just having a meal to myself without <laughs> my phone or my <laughs> computer. So She was like, listen, why don't you take all that stuff that you learned in med school and like apply it to yoga because you still make time for yoga. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's your thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to steal it. And she was like, no, you, in fact, promise me tomorrow, you're going to post an anatomy side by side, exactly like mine. And, uh, I'm going to hold you accountable to it. And I was like, all right, fine, Jen. So I posted it and it got like 3 million views. And and to put a perspective, I was only getting like 3,000 views, you know, that was it. So I called her immediately and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) And she was like, okay, post again tomorrow. And I was like, all right. So we just kept doing that for like 10 days straight, two weeks straight. And I think I hit like close to 10 million views. And then next thing you know, it was like Nike calls me. And then Aloe finds out that Nike called me. So then Aloe, like, just stole it. <laughs> oh, my god! And it was all history there. And what did they want from you? That, could they, did they want that kind of content for their sites of that kind of anatomy stuff? Or what were they wanting? They didn't even care. They just, they just saw where the attention was, where mm. the consumer was looking, and they just wanted to capture it. So, you know, that's, that's it. And that's, that's been how I've been uh, very intentional with my business. It's mm. like... I think a lot of people who are trying to do the Instagram thing are too focused on what everyone else is doing mm. in that space. Like if you're a yogi, you're looking at just yogis. Mm-hmm. I don't look at yogis. Like I'll look at some yogis just to see how the market's doing. But then I'm looking at fashion. Fashion is 10 times bigger than yoga, right? Fitness is way bigger than yoga. So I'll go to like fitness, fashion, food, um, business, every other sector and see what's do who's doing well and why try to figure out why and then try to figure out the common ground between all those people and then see if i could apply that to my field mm. right and it might be something so little as as in the first three seconds you're starting with a hook but that hook is is either a question or like something else or a close-up shot of my face as opposed to me just on my yoga mat doing a flow and then throwing up titles being like step one do this step two Mm. step three like just an intro goes a long way and that honestly yeah grew my account massively massively. so what was your intention at this point then was it to grow your account grow your income or did you did you sort of think actually i really can help people here or has it changed a lot i think i mean i went into medicine because i wanted to help people Mm. and then 
And then going into Instagram, I just didn't even think that I could actually help people. So that to, to be completely honest, it wasn't even in my forefront. Like I was just like, okay, I know the social media thing is important and it's only going to get more important because if you just walk around the street, everyone is staring at their phones. I don't know exactly what they're looking at, but it seems like they're on some sort of social media. So I know I need to be on it in whatever I do. So that became my focus. Just, just let me grow. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, it's like, okay, enough people have been DMing me, showing me pictures of their x-rays and MRIs and asking questions and saying that like some of these classes helped. And I was like, maybe I have something here. <laughs> maybe I should really take this seriously instead of just like a, a game to, to grow an account. Like, let me actually put some purpose behind it. And then that's when things really, uh, really took off. Mm. Yeah. I love kind of what you refer to there in terms of the fact you're not looking at the yoga people. You are actually trying to work out what your skills are, what your unique Mm -hmm. set of skills are, and not trying to replicate. And that is a mistake that people make always. You just try and replicate what's happening. But no one can be better than you at being you. (laughs) So it's kind of going head on, full authenticity, but then, of course, working out for you what your attributes are. And I guess a lot of that can you can revert back to childhood. Like, what were you weirdly good at at childhood? <laughs> and how can you apply yeah. that to what you are now good at now? So are you weirdly good at video editing in ch- childhood? <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't know a single thing about video editing at all until uh, I was about to go on my first tour. So at this point, my account already grew. And I was like... I really should figure out this video editing thing. So I spent a month uh, and in that month, it was, it was completely unhealthy, by the way, I don't recommend this, but I took about 18 to 20 hours just editing. And I had two assistants at the time. And I remember just like sitting there at five in the morning. And then when they would get hungry, I would just get food delivered and I would just keep sitting and just grind it all the way out until midnight every single day, just just practicing video editing, video editing, video editing. So I could edit while I was on the road. Did these assistants want that? Prisoners. They had their choice. I mean, you know, it was they kind of they kind of came to me because one of them was applying to medical school and she was really really confused she was like i don't think i actually want this if i sit down and and really ask myself what do i want it's it's not this right so i was like well you know i just finished doing this emotional intelligence leadership training course and i I got a lot out of it so you know why don't you just come over and see what i do on a day-to-day basis and see what you can handle stomach or or whatever and she loved it and she was like i want to do what you do and i was like great then sit down and handle the rest of my business while i figure this out for a month <laughs> can i ask about so, um but surely at some point in your life you must have burnt out oh yeah uh, yeah and how what did that Always. look like and how do you sort of manage it when it happens if it still does yeah it's funny that you asked that because in the past um I've always dealt with it in, I would say in an unhealthy way, you just kind of force yourself, force yourself to keep going. And I'm actually a bit burnt out now or coming out of it. And, um, but this time I really, really said, okay, you know what? Like in, in my head, I said that these past habits worked, they don't work, right? They don't lead anywhere good. Um, let me try to approach things differently. So it's been quite a struggle actually taking a step back, not working all day long, which I'm not used to. Like this morning, I just went and like meditated, journaled and made myself coffee and went for a walk outside with a friend. I would have never done that two years ago. Never, never. So what- I would have woken up and just like been like, okay, it's go time. Like mm-hmm. fuck your feelings, let's go. You know, you do a lot of personal development work. I've read. So, so what yeah. was so? What I guess was there anyone that inspired you particularly to kind of take those those breaks and those steps back? You know, it started a few years ago when uh, I went through a breakup. I went through a breakup, and in that breakup, I was like, you know what? 
I've gotten really lucky in my life and I've dated some amazing, amazing women. And they all seem to have gotten away from me because I always prioritize my work. So let me like actually look at what's going on here, you know? Um, because I always reached a point where I was like, I feel like I'm choosing between my work or my love life. And it really shouldn't be that way, especially given my last relationship, we were doing the same work, right? So it was, it, it couldn't get any more ideal than that in that we were both going down the same path, doing the same thing. Um, so that's when I was like, okay, let me, let me look at some other tools that I haven't explored before. And, and like I said, doing an emotional intelligence training course, getting rid of just about all my friends and really sitting with myself instead of going out. And I would, I would sit and consume like eight hours of Tony Robbins and Mel <laughs> Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk and like Tom Bilyeu impact theory. Right. Like, and I would just put it on replay journal it out, sit with my feelings and like not run away. Mm. And I did that for like six months. So, um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Two questions, two follow-ups to that. First is this idea of burnout. Yeah. You, people talk about it a lot, but mm -hmm. I wonder to some degree, if there is something you are massively enjoying, is burnout as big a deal? So I guess my question is, let's say, someone is i've never heard anyone burn out from playing computer games i don't play computer <laughs> games but like someone doing something they really enjoy i've never heard someone burning out from that so uh, yeah so i guess burnout is it fundamentally linked with parts of the job that you don't enjoy and then should we be avoiding it at all costs or is it an inevitable part of striving enough to succeed i don't think it's super simple because I think there's yeah. a few different ways that burnout can happen, mm. right? Like the most obvious one is if you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. And mm. when you put a lot of pressure on yourself, it's usually because you care a lot, right? Um, which is, is linked, but not synonymous to perfectionism, right? Like I have perfectionist tendencies for sure, but if you are not producing results and you're a perfectionist, I think that's just, you're just too afraid to actually do anything, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, I, and I think that's like the biggest way that uh, burnout happens. Uh, the other way is like, is like what you talked about, right? Playing video games. I've personally never heard of anyone burning out playing video <laughs> games as well. I used to be a gamer. Um, but I think that's because there's only one thing that you're doing and that's the thing that you love. But if you, if your business is what you love, mm. you have parts like admin work, the mm. emails, the, the answering the DMS. And for me, like I really, really made an effort to answer every comment and DM. Mm. Um, and during that time period when things were going viral, it was taking me seven hours a day, every single wow. day, Monday through Sunday, because we'd get about 900 messages a day. And I would respond to every single one of them and then do my work, you know? So that part's not so much fun. It's very, very draining. And, and you can burn out that way as well. But to the burnout topic though, I actually, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I like to focus on optimizing towards failure because mm. you never really know what you're truly, truly capable of until you fail at something. Mm. And I think we all have this really unhealthy relationship to this word failure and like are so afraid of it, but that's the only place where you learn shit. Mm. You know what I mean? So until you figure out exactly what you can handle in your current state, then you're never going to know. You're never going to know what you're truly capable of. That's I think just on that topic before we move on to that topic of burnout because i think burnout is often referred to in the yoga world when people do teacher trainings it's don't do more than six classes or you'll burn out and as you say it's not as simple as that i've taught 27 no. classes a week and i'm fine i'm good yeah. a burnout isn't just equal to how many classes you cheat so there's so many of the factors right. so many of the variables to it mm. i was gonna say I, I love what you said about failure and i think you you did a recent post about um you know all the big fancy yoga poses because people you know strive to get to those poses and you say it's it, you know it's not just about the end goal of the pose being special it's about the journey to get there and the failure that you have to go through to get there and that, that i've never heard that before and i really really love that 
Yeah, and, and I talk about it more in my workshops, but I always start out with the same question. I'm like, why are you actually here? Like, mm. why do you practice? Why do you actually practice yoga? Because no one gives a shit if you can do a handstand. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> You know, and yet and people do scheme. it at parties, New Year's Eve parties. People are doing handstands. You do it at parties. No, 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 I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it's 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 first before we go over any of the things, and and yeah, over a weekend you're going to learn so many things about your yoga practice. But before that, like, why are you actually here? You know, and if you remember that you fell in love with yoga because it was fun. It was, it was that simple. It wasn't like prior to your very first yoga class, you're like, I'm going to go into this class with the intention of one day becoming the best yoga teacher with the best handstand and the best splits. Mm -hmm. Like you walk in there and you're like, what is happening here? I don't know what's going on, but kind of looks fun. After class, you're like, yeah, that was kind of fun. I want to come back. Right. Um, and I, I think for people to rem remember that is, is really important. Why do you yeah. practice yoga? It gives me practice to stay in the growth mindset. Mm. And for me, that's, that's everything. Or at least at this point in my life, that's what I care about the most. And I tattooed a giant phoenix on the side of my body because I'm just dedicated to it. It's such a blessing to be able to have a life where you can grow and surprise yourself. And I think part of the reason why that drives me so much is because I was very, very much stuck in a really big victim mindset. Mm. Like I had a shit childhood to some degree around certain things, around certain traumas. And the story that I created in my head was any intimate relationships that I would have with a partner or a close friend or anyone for that matter is just going to be uh skewed or or not healthy right and i just at one point was like what if what if that didn't need to be my story right mm -hmm. what if i didn't wake up with pain and i talk about on my instagram a lot about like i used to wake up with physical pain every day but in reality it was it was a lot of emotional pain and, mm -hmm. and mental pain and and i was like what if what if what if I didn't have to, you know? Mm. How would you think we can all, I guess, safely explore ongoing growth? And when I say safely, what I'm talking about there is if you want growth forever, kind of in perpetuity, then at what point do you stop and think, okay, I'm content now? If the go if and, and no, I think it is wonderful to grow. And I think actually every day you should try and be a better person than you were the day before. But how do we balance out that one day being content, but yet balancing out that with continuously trying to be better? I think it really comes down to um, what's your come from, like where where is it coming from? Because at, there there were points where I really wanted to grow, but it was coming from a place of scarcity, right? Like I was so afraid of continuing some of my patterns that I was like, oh, I got I got I got to figure this out. I got to figure out this vulnerability piece. Otherwise, you know, I'm never going to have the relationship that I'm, I'm, I'm going to want. And that's that's coming from a place of scarcity. And I don't think that's healthy, even though the actual work is the same. So knowing your come from and then getting radically honest with yourself and radically honest about what you what you actually want, what you actually care about, uh, what what matters to you, what brings you joy, what doesn't and I think when you figure those things out, you realize, like I said, handstands don't fucking matter. <laughs> they don't. They're fun to do. And as soon as you shift it back into, hey, this is fun instead of this is going to make me look cool and get a lot of hearts on this little mm -hmm. black box, you know, then then it completely change, changes your attitude and your feelings around like social media. You know, I know social media gets a really, really bad rap, but like, I love my social media. My it's, it's filled with like relationship advice, like coaching, <laughs> PT stuff. Every time I open up my phone, I'm learning something like a recipe for the holidays. It's great. Mm. So I don't know. But you're nice and selective then with who you follow. 
and that's so important you have to be don't you because like, if you fo- if you are like following someone like if i wanted i guess you know people follow kim kardashian Kardashian, Kardashian. Oh, Kardashian. Can't even say it. Kardashian. 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 <laughs> Come on. That's like a seasoning. Kardashian. With a Kardashian on it. <laughs> anyway, like if you follow her, and like for some people, that would just make you feel bad about you yourself every day. If you if you aspire to be like her and wanted her life and wanted her body and wanted her face, looking at that every day is like drinking poison every day to some degree. It's in, in no way serving yeah, you. It's important to choose really wisely who we follow and who we, choose, who we expose ourselves to. And either they're educating, entertaining, or inspiring, inspiring in some way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's tricky though, because the same could be said for your account or my yeah. account. You know what I mean? And it all depends on like how someone is consuming your content mm-hmm. because you and I can write a post saying like, Hey, it doesn't matter about the pose above, blah, 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 but in their own mind, they're just not letting go to like, Oh, this is what I actually want to aspire to. So I don't know. But yeah. People, I think At people need to day, work out what they're getting from the each account they follow. They almost actually need to go through their Instagram and say, why am I following this person? What do I get from that? And it could be that, yeah. you know, a fashion designer might follow Kim because they get inspired by her. And in which case keep following that account. It gives you into yeah. that close, but mm. if it may, if it you know that is making you feel bad about yourself, then mm. get rid. Yeah. Just to backtrack a little bit, because you said something interesting about when you notice the story going on in your head. So you were talking about how you had a victimhood story for a while. Yeah. So I guess yoga is an amazing tool for helping you to step back and sort of see what your patterns and your um your your stories that aren't working anymore are. So my question is. What do you do when you see the story and you have that revelation? You're like, oh my God, I've been telling myself this my whole life. So intellectually, you think, okay, I can change it now. But then how do you actually embody that? That's the thing that I find tricky. What are your practices yeah. around that? Man, it's it's tough. And honestly, the first thing that I, that I do is remind myself if I had it, if I'm so smart and I had it so figured out, would I be where I'm at right now? And the answer is always no. So I make sure that I surround my inner circle with, with friends that, that hold me accountable and aren't afraid to be honest. And, um, the first thing I do is I, is I go to them and be like, Hey, like, what's your take on this? This is how I'm feeling. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts? And most of them are therapists as well. So, <laughs> um, so it's really nice. Yeah. And, and they provide some really good insights because I think for everyone, not just yogis, for everyone in the world, it's, it's really easy to buy into our own bullshit. Oh, yeah. We just buy into our own stories. So a lot of times we don't even notice that we're in a victimhood story, you know? And it's still something that I work on on a daily, daily basis. Um, so so that's the first step. Talk to, talk to therapist friends. And then after that, just, just stopping, just taking a moment of pause. You know, it's not the end of the world if you don't post for a week. Mm-hmm. Just take a moment and reflect and, and be like, okay, where is this really coming from? Like, what what am I really doing here? Am I living or posting or doing things that's aligned with with what I say my purpose is? And if it's no, then then there you go. You got you got some things to work out, right? Mm-hmm. If if you say yes, and it still doesn't feel good, then that's when seeing a therapist therapist might actually mm-hmm. be helpful because you're probably lying to yourself, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you choose so, yeah. friends based on the skills they can offer you? <laughs> um, you I've know, got some massage not... friends and so. <laughs> <laughs> I do. No, no. But, you know, I, 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 it's funny that you asked that because I asked myself that a while ago. <laughs> and at one point, I think the answer was yes. But, but now oh, I'm really attracted to people that are just – not afraid to getting honest with themselves mm. and being vulnerable and being truthful. And yeah, they do end up being more successful in life, but that's because I think there was a study that was done that that was talking about how important it is to choose your inner circle carefully because the data shows that you're always going to make either 3000 more or 3000 less than the average of your friends. Mm-hmm. Ah. And I was like Okay, and it's it's not about the money, but if you think about what it takes in order to go from six to seven figures, from seven to eight, or some of my friends from nine to ten, it's like 
it takes a different level of self-awareness. It takes a different level of hustle, right? And I don't mean hustle as in amount of time that's invested because there is literally only 24 hours a day, but they figured out a way to shift the kind of work that they're doing in payments uh, with time versus like something else mm. that holds value, right? Because there's only 24 hours. Mm. So if you're constantly trading your work for time or you're, you're getting paid for your time, there's, there's a cap there, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and, and those people are always, always looking to grow themselves. And it's not necessarily financially. It's like, apparently I'm not there yet, but once you hit a certain point, it seems like if you make it about financial growth, you're either going to grow very slowly or it's going to be a very, very hard road and there's probably a cap. But once you start working from a different place and valuing different things other than money, like your purpose and what you can actually provide the world, then you have this like almost untapped energy Mm. that you can just perpetually work towards. Mm. Sort of like playing a video game Mm. and getting paid for it. (laughs) I think in this age as well, you know, because some people might be listening thinking, well, I have no friends, all of my friends are crap. Oh, no, joking. No, but in, I don't you know some people might not have been in a situation where they can just decide they want to sur- surround themselves as successful people that are earning a lot of money but in this age now we've got access to of course social media but also podcasts where you can almost and it's they're obviously not friends but you can listen to the deep thoughts of deep thinkers or successful people that like, I haven't listened to it personally but one of my friends listened to a podcast and it's kind of for very successful people like some hedge fund managers some ceos they've been friends since high school you know i think friends since like primary school like very young age all very successful but they have this podcast where they just chat about topics and he listens to that every week this podcast which in an hour and a half two hours chatting about these topics and he feels like he's exposing himself to those successful people through that so it is a unique age we live in that we can do these things now Mm. yeah 100 percent and, and honestly, doing that um, helped me massively, like night and day. And it was, it was really amazing because the time frame that it took for me to like really feel a change in my life was so short since I immersed myself with just consuming that content and not seeing a single one of my friends for like six months, like I said. Um, the only issue with that and I ran into this as well, is there is no sense of accountability, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're watching a TV or you're listening to something on your phone, but who's going to tell you, hey, you're not actually doing anything with that information, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I think um, finding some good friends is is better, but how you even go about finding those friends is you got to show up as authentic as possible, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. that you just got to take the information as objectively as possible because if you are coming forth to a group of people as your authentic self and no one's wanting to connect you need to look at that there's a disconnect somewhere like Mm -hmm. you're being inauthentic about something either the way that you're presenting yourself or or about what you actually want right Mm -hmm. and that's why um like-minded people gravitate towards each other so um for for me it was it was it was a bit of the opposite. I found myself getting these friends who were like really awesome. I'm like, why are they friends with me? And I was like, holy shit, I got a real lack of self-worth conversation Mm. happening in my head, you know? And it wasn't until they just kept showing up for me where I was Mm. like, okay, I really need to sit with this and and look at other places in my life where this lack of self-worth is really really hindering me from from what i say that i want mm. obvious one was relationships and you know intimate relationships so it's been an interesting journey so mm. far <laughs> let's talk about your teaching style now or your, your yeah. yoga view so i i had the pleasure of actually seeing you practice it was really lovely to see like the, the little the little adjustments <laughs> you take the way you are thinking about every transition and every movement and one thing, of course, that a lot of people don't consider is as new. Obviously, you're not new, but lots of people think about the replication of shape rather than mm-hmm. intention of pose. And you talk actually right. a lot about that social media, the idea of 
we see social media, we replicate a shape, people injure themselves because they're not thinking how can they stay truly engaged. So let's talk a little bit about how you came up with your method. You call it body smart. Now I'd never yeah, I'd never smart, heard you again. call it body smart, like in person or I'd never seen that term right. I saw it on your website, but your style of teaching. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm really not pushing body smart yoga because I, I feel like it's not very it's not it's not covering all the other aspects like mm. sure the engagements are great but ultimately what i really care about is yoga can be such an amazing tool for helping yourself uh, stay in that growth mindset mm. so body smart yoga only covers the physical aspect of it so right now i'm just kind of like using it because it's very accurate mm-hmm. and it works for the physical practice until i find something better but um to answer your question, it's, it's, it's really interesting because when we do yoga in the physical practice sense, we, we like it because we feel like we're stretching our muscles, right? But the issue is we're constantly cueing and thinking about our bones, but we're not stretching bones. We're mm-hmm. stretching muscles. So why aren't we cueing two muscles, right? Mm-hmm. And that statement really stemmed from how can I, how can I come up with a cueing system that really fits all body types? Because as the moment you start cueing to bones, then it might work for one person, but not the next, right? It might work for a woman before birth, but not after. Mm. But if you make it about muscular engagement and you make it about what that engagement or what that stretch feels like in your muscles, it doesn't matter what kind of shape your warrior two is in, because if you feel the stretch that you're supposed to feel in a warrior two, then what does it matter? Mm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if your knees bent 90 degrees. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm. And then I guess that, that how would you factor in that people, of course, will feel different levels of stretch in different areas? So in, within a pose, of course, everyone should look like they're in a different shape because people have unique bodies and unique anatomies. But then let's say within Warrior 2, you know, someone might very much feel it mainly on adductor. Someone fit, might feel it mainly actually just the ability to be tall and long in the spine might be where they feel most or the arms. I remember when I was when I started yoga, my arms, I hated it. <laughs> Warrior 2, I was like an yeah, athletic boxer. And I was like, these are old women could hold their arms out and I couldn't and I hated it. <laughs> You've got them. very long arms as well. Yeah. yeah, no, it's just an excuse. But anyway, how, how would you factor that in as well? The fact that people will f- feel the same pose in very different areas along with looking different. Yeah, I mean... You know, we all have different backgrounds. So some of these postures, yeah, you might feel it in different areas, but if you break down just just anatomically or physiologically a posture like warrior two, you're you're kind of coming into this really awkward, like lunge-ish shape with the purpose of stretching out your adductor. That's the main thing. Now, if you feel it in other places, then that's fine. That's just information right Mm. if you feel it in your arms then maybe you're not used to holding your arms out for that period of time so once you get fatigued you have the choice to either stay and keep your arms out or not Mm -hmm. but that that part doesn't matter when i do warrior two i actually don't stick my arms out anymore i just keep them like i don't know on my ribs or by my sides because i'm really trying to bring the focus entirely to my adductor Mm -hmm. and that's it like how can I access this a bit deeper? What would it feel like if I turn this into an isometric stretch or can I possibly make this into an active stretch or versus a passive stretch? What what does all those things feel like? Because all those kinds of stretches are are useful. It just depends on what your intentionality is with that. I don't know if I answered the yeah, question. Yeah, but can you explain to our listeners what you mean by active and passive in, in, in your- in... Right. So, so we'll, we'll take like a seated forward fold. For example, if you just fold over your legs, that's a passive stretch. If you try to lift up one of your legs while keeping your spine straight or like keeping your legs straight, that would be considered an active hamstring stretch, right? Um, and an isometric stretch would be a situation where you're like driving your heels down into the ground and engaging your hamstring as you start to stretch it out. So you can apply all those three kind of stretches in your yoga practice throughout your yoga practice and they all serve a different purpose right it, it all comes down to what are you coming to this yoga practice for mm. so um and i think that's why 
my demographic tends to be yoga teachers because we're always taught one way and that's just to lengthen, lengthen, lengthen mm-hmm. and stretch, stretch, stretch. But now it's like, oh, I could, I could do the same flow or the same postures, the same sequence, but have a very different intentionality around it, right? One mm-hmm. day can feel very rejuvenating and relaxing and I could do the same exact flow with different engagements and it could literally no longer be a practice and it's more like a training session, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and I think that's beautiful. That's amazing with the yoga practice. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I don't blame yoga teachers for, for how they teach. I don't like all this bad cues or bad anatomy. Mm-hmm. The reality is the teachers that taught us and the teachers that taught them they didn't go to med school, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's just the reality. So, so I'm really trying to approach it from a place of like, okay, um, let's take a look at, at, at why you learn these cues or why, why are you teaching these cues this way? Right. Mm-hmm. And if you keep asking why, like, why do you teach warrior two that way? Why do you, why, why do you cue this? Why do you cue that? the answer always ends up being, I don't know, or that's the way my teacher taught. Mm. And I was like, okay, let's find a better answer than that. Like, here's some research that shows that when you do this with your leg, you stretch this out when your leg is in a 47 degree angle, right? Versus a 30 degree angle, like you're actually stretching this other thing. And I think that's pretty cool because mm. now it's like, when, when you learn things into that detail, when you have a student coming to you and being like, hey, I have pain here, or this doesn't feel right, instead of being like, keep practicing, you'll get there. You'll be like, okay, let me let me take a look at what's happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see that you're having some restriction here. You might wanna consider this, this, or this, right? And now you're in a place where as a teacher, you're, you're really providing unique value to that one student, mm. you know? And that, and that idea of working out the why, which I love, it's, you might think, well, actually, that creates you know limitations. You know, people that we we are finding out the one way, and actually, it's quite the opposite, isn't it? Because there can be multiple ways, as you just described, to do a different pose, depending on your intention. Like I always say, yeah. to, you know, to my sh- students who are teachers doing CPDs with me, I always say, it doesn't matter like how what you are trying to do in this pose, as long as you have a why. As long as the yeah. teacher you are learning from has a reason for doing that way or adding that cue, I'm open to it. So there's multiple yeah. ways you could do what Katasada. I'm not saying my way is the only right way. I'm saying do it with me like this because this is what I want you to gain from it in this circumstance, in this unique sequence. But it's not the right. absolute correct way. Absolutely. 100%. Because ultimately, um, not getting too much into the philosophy, but just on a physical basis, we do yoga because it helps us feel better for the other 23 hours out of the day, mm. right? So the, the actual postures, once you've, if you are trying to grow and explore what's possible in your body and what kind of movement is possible, the return that you get once you've mastered a posture, like warrior two will say, once you can sit in warrior two comfortably for a long time and your knee is 90 degrees or whatever, the return that you get from keeping doing warrior two like that is is very little compared mm. to when you first learned it. Mm. So go and do something else. Mm. Go do warrior two with shitty alignment, you know, and figure out how to stay integrated mm. there. Or on right? blankets, it's, on blankets on a laminate wood floor. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or like, I, I don't know if I did this in your class, but I actually wear socks and I don't use a yoga mat because you're just slipping all over the place and that completely changes your down dog or any posture that you do. Yeah. Right. And some people are like, Oh, that's dangerous. And I'm like, something's always safe or unsafe depending on whether you've trained for it or not. Mm. Like hollow back handstands. (laughs) Hollow back handstands (laughs) on a pole. (laughs) How how do you bring, um, because you said that your intention now is to bring personal development, personal growth into your um, teaching. And that's mainly what you're about. So how do you bring that into such a physical practice? Oh, um, so far, so far, the easiest way to access it is through active and range mobility. That's it. Because there's, in my opinion, nothing that triggers you more 
than trying to lift your leg off the ground and watching it only be an <laughs> inch or a centimeter <laughs> off the ground. Yeah. And then you see this 70-year-old woman next to you and her leg is like <laughs> off. By a shoulder. Off, <laughs> right. So, but, but, and as much as you're in this space of non-comparison, you look over there and you're like, WTF, like what's wrong with me, right? And just saying a statement like that it's, 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 why didn't your head say, oh, that's really cool. Like, that's really cool of her. Mm. I aspire to be that. Mm. Why did your head go to what the fuck is wrong with me? Mm. Right? That's so cool, yeah. So, uh, and there's so many moments when you do a practice that's constantly in an active and range safe way where you are confronted with your ego mm-hmm. constantly. And that to me is, for me and my own practice, the best part. It's, it feels terrible. Um, there are days where I don't want to do it. And that's also information as well. Uh, like if I'm really in a headspace where I don't want to do that kind of work, like where am I depleted or where have I, maybe I'm, I'm like nearing burnout or something again. So let me, instead of thinking about rolling out my yoga mat, I'm going to go get a massage or go have a glass of wine with a friend. You know, and that's that's my practice mm. now. You know, I love it. Love yeah. it. Do some quick We're fires? gonna do a few little quick fires now because we have been oh, talking shit. for a little okay. while. Oh. Maybe not not only quick fires. So books wise, because normally we ask like what books people have read that are influential. I would love just to quickly know about Dr. Joe Dispenza. You mm. love him. He's, yeah, he's like, amazing. Yep. You would know him as well. Oh, yeah, he's, you'd love him. He's amazing. Who's amazing. Like, who was they? Well, I want to have his babies. <laughs> <laughs> Next partner. There we go. <laughs> yeah, he uh, yeah, becoming supernatural. He, he, um, he, okay, a little backstory. I think he got into an accident. He really messed up his spine. And doctors told him like he wasn't going to be able to walk or something like that. And he decided to, this is a really short synopsis, but he decided to like meditate and change his thinking and his emotions around it. And then he healed himself. Mm, yeah. And, um, and it, it's funny because, you know, I was a scientist as well and it's very, very well documented that the placebo effect is a thing, mm. is a thing. But, but we, we kind of always like hear that and then we're like, okay, yeah, that's cool, whatever. But why don't we apply that to our daily life? right? Our, our thoughts really impact how we feel and how we feel impacts how we feel in our body and how we live and how we interact with other people. So if you take that placebo effect and then you apply it, I, I think one of the things that he says is so often we worry about doing or becoming the thing first so that we can feel what it feels like to be successful mm. or happy or joyful or whatever. And he was like, why not go the opposite way around put your mental state into a place where you already feel joy and then your body will catch up with you from mm, there that's so cool yeah, I just personally head. yeah i personally never asked myself that and i and i tried it out and and you know like I, honestly i haven't really figured out mastered it but from the little work that i've done it's amazing mm. it's amazing Ooh, you gotta get his, yeah his books. I get that. Yeah, There's the nocebo effect as well, isn't it? It's scary. The placebo and the nocebo. Yeah, they've been studied yeah. more now. Becoming supernatural is my favorite one. I've read uh, "You Are Not Your Something" and placebo effect, and becoming supernatural. Mm. I think is the most. Yeah, and a little shout out to James Clear. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Yeah, love James. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it was great. I love books where there's like a lot of data backing up what people are saying mm. right did you read and the... in that book oh, sorry carry on no 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 in that book both of those books there's 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 a lot of data and there's a lot of imaging and i love it <laughs> yeah so a couple of quick advice i'd like to know if you have any bad habits that you're trying to conquer at the moment <laughs> yeah 100 percent. negative thoughts all the time self-deprecating thoughts like i'm so hard on myself mm. to the point where where uh I get tired, like physically, <laughs> physically tired and sometimes need a nap where I'll get so hard on myself. And that translates into being really hard on my team. Mm. So that's the biggest thing that I'm working on right now was like, I actually went to one of my 
billionaire friends. And I was like, I'm really struggling. I don't know how to manage a team. They're all going to leave. Help me, you know? <laughs> and he was like, okay, what's, what's actually going on? And I'm like, I'm being too hard on them. And he was like, bro, you got to go and meditate and deal with that shit yourself mm-hmm. because it's just a reflection on how you're being with yourself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest one. That's cool. Love that. On your path of anyone, has there been something that people have said to you that is annoying like repeatedly? For instance, oh, good photos. You must have a good camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. The very first, since it's quick fire, the first, the first one that popped up in my mind is um, when, I'm, when I'm teaching a workshop and it's not cheap, right? Like you're paying quite a bit of money to come to this workshop but then you sit there and you're like, uh, that's not how I learned it in Ashtanga. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. classic. That's kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more. Um, let's yeah. leave on a positive one. Have you got a, 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 fa- a, favorite, a favorite quote that you'd like to leave us with? Uh, there's two. Okay. There's two. How, how you do one thing is how you do anything. Mm. Mm, good one. How you do one thing is how you do anything. And I, that that is so true. So uh, even the way that you cook your food, your intentionality around it, like your perfectionism, that'll reflect Mm -hmm. in other places in your life, right? And the other one that that I'm really into right now with with growth mindset is um, if you want to take the island, burn your boats. If you want to- a lot of times we say that we are wanting something and we're willing to go all in on something, but we always leave ourselves back door. Oh, we always yeah. have one foot out. Oh, that's so cool. if you really want to take the island, you got to go all in. Burn your fucking boats if you want to take the island. <laughs> Perfect way to finish. No, but not, not quite yet. Oh, no, yeah. no more quick yeah. fires, but tell us about anything coming up. Was it where people can find you right. and anything you're Plug coming away. Up? Yeah, so so I have a challenge coming out um, in January second, and it's like a fifteen day challenge where where uh, it's all around shoulder mobility, shoulder mobility around your back bends, around your handstands, around your arm balances, and it's it's really nice because you get an introduction into learning a bit of anatomy without it being boring, because you're actually doing drills and then you're doing flows and seeing how those drills can apply to your flows. So you're essentially doing the same yoga practice that you love. It doesn't matter the style, but you're just a bit more intelligent about it. And then after that, I have a shoulders yoga teacher training, like continuing education. It's 10 hours. So you get lectures with like cool diagrams and call out bubbles. So again, it makes anatomy like really interactive and entertaining. Um, and you get a bit more of this active end range stuff and how it applies into a yoga flow uh, all at once. So it's it's my baby when it comes to uh, body smart yoga. And it's it's similar to hips training program that I did. It's similar if you're on aloe moves, like smarter hips and smaller smarter shoulders. But it's like it's like so much content. And I'm doing this thing where it's like you have uh, drills and then you, and then I'm putting like beginner versions of it. So if you're a teacher, you can teach this to someone else and teach the beginner version and same with the flows. So, uh, it's everything that I would have wanted when I was really excited and had no idea where to turn to, uh, when I wanted to be a better teacher. Mm. So that was my intention. And where are people finding this? Uh, it's, you got to sign up for my newsletter. Mm-hmm. So you sign up on newsletter by going to www.actionhero, heroes, H-I-R-O.com. Um, and I'll be posting a lot about it on my Instagram. So, or TikTok or mm. whatever. So and your uh, Instagram you is any of those. If we put Action an, Hero. an Action E Hero. instead of the I, where would it take us? Who owns that account? <laughs> what? I have no idea. Have you never done that? I mean, you never looked at I've who never owns really? Action Hero. We're going to look right now. No. No, never. I can't believe I've never even looked it up. So he's going to go and do that. I'm I'm not going to to try and buy that domain quickly and sell it to you. (laughs) It's been amazing to chat. And you're you're kind of in Europe starting next year, aren't you? Yeah. So actually, you know what? I'm going to be in London quite a bit in Europe 
I think for about nine months out of the year next year. So I'm teaching a bunch of 20 hour trainings, weekend workshops all over Europe. Um, I might do something in London. I just did something, but yeah. I'm going to be spending quite a bit of time near you. Oh, we might bump into you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you yeah. staying in North London? Are you going to be living with, with Mr. Wong? <laughs> uh, we'll see, to be determined. He might have to a noisy, he might be quite have a noisy house by the time you get you get here. More babies. <laughs> babies, babies. 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 Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that wins. Yes. Good Lord. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on the, the I was going to say the show then. Sure. <laughs> on yeah. the show, on the podcast. Thank you so much. Huge pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Honestly, I'm